0: people think that vegans are crazy they think that they're extreme when you see a vegan in culture and i do see a lot of vegans in culture like represented in culture and they're always like wearing funny sandals and like there's all kinds of annoying things about them like they're never a serious character save the
1: planet
2: Sarah. I'm Ashley and together we are
3: Vegan
2: Vegan Curious! Wow Sarah we have made it to series three. That sounds like an incredible achievement.
3: We have we have made it to series three and also it's Veganuary.
2: Yay it's the happiest time of the year for vegans.
3: Basically it's like Christmas for vegans isn't it? I mean we just. And
2: and Christmas was crap this year so Veganuary is obviously going to be the best time of the year. Obviously, absolutely. Um, and I'll tell you why, because there are so many new launches, which I'm really excited about, and we've got a massive list. So, uh, you know, it's a massive shopping list of stuff that you can buy and try. So I'm super, super excited.
3: Yeah, me too. So today's today's show is obviously going to be about Veganuary. We are going to um, be telling you about all the latest launches, and we are also going to be giving um, first-timers – um some tips uh to make sure that they can get through veganuary um unscathed and uh with good nutrition so that's all to come a little bit later and also we have a guest today don't we ash who is uh who are we interviewing
2: so we have got a a great interview with a woman called Deb olin Unfirth, who has written a novel called Barn 8 and it was one of two novels that came out last year that were kind of like first ever kind of vegan novels really I mean we talk about this a lot that you know vegans don't tend to crop up that often in kind of uh, books films tv but you know here you go here's a vegan novel and it's really really good and it's got a got a talking chicken in it as well so um but we she will be telling us all about that in about, I guess, 20 minutes time. But first, but first, as we always start the show, um, how was Christmas? What did you eat for Christmas lunch?
3: Um, well, we were, <laughs> I mean, because Christmas obviously wasn't what it was cracked up to be. And uh, we were obviously in, uh, in tier four, which meant that we couldn't see um, anybody. Mm-hmm. That we were in our flat basically by ourselves, and um, we decided that we would actually be a bit lazy. Um, and we didn't do any cooking, which is potentially a bit controversial. Um, but what we did do is we ordered um, a banquet from all plants. So this year they launched a uh, kind of full vegan feast, um, which was obviously designed for kind of christmas day it also was designed for four people but obviously there were only two of us so um rather than eat the whole like box of food on christmas day we split it up into christmas and new years um but it was really really good i mean it had like it wasn't kind of your like you know standard fare it had some quite jazzy bits to it so obviously there was a nut roast of course there was, was cuz you know what else do vegans eat on christmas day but there was also cauliflower cheese um, which was delicious, which had like a hint of truffle in it. And we got loads of red cabbage um, and they had these incredible desserts like a tiramisu and some sort of... something. Oh, my gosh, you made me
2: feel really hungry already. I know. And we haven't even gone to the Veganuary launches. We
3: haven't gone to the Veganuary launches. But, um, yes, I was really impressed by it, actually. And, and also, you know, it was just so easy because we just put it in the oven and then 45 minutes later we were eating, eating Christmas dinner and the only thing that we had to make was the gravy. So oh, okay. it was it easy and brilliant.
2: delicious. How about yours? So, uh, well, I had the Marks and Spencer's uh, Vegan Chicken Kiev, uh, which is, is on
3: Christmas Day?
2: I chose because I absolutely love it. Well, I mean, you know, we've traditionally had nut roast and I just kind of thought, I don't want nut roast this year. I just want to have something that I really, really want. So I thought that is what I want more than anything and had a load of trimmings and away we went. It was fab. Oh, really good.
3: nice. So did you, you and the whole family had chicken Kievs?
2: No, they had uh, other stuff as well, but um, my family aren't all vegan. Shall we just slip that in there? But, yeah, um, true. But yeah, they did, they did have, we had vegan uh, pigs in duvets, I think they're called, uh, from Marks and Spencer's. So oh, we gone.
3: had those the other day. They are good, aren't they? They're really good, aren't they? Um, actually, I wasn't, wasn't really yeah. expecting it, but it's like puff pastry, isn't it? um That's as well funny, yeah so they kind of turn into these like delicious almost sausage roll type things don't they so yeah definitely would recommend M&S Pigs and Divas to anybody listening <laughs>
2: The other big discovery, which is probably again late to the party, but Domino's vegan pizzas. Wow, they are just the best. I mean, all right, okay, Papa John's are very good. You know, I I really rate their vegan pizzas, but Domino's. It's again, it's just another level. I don't know what they're doing with the cheese, vegan cheese, but there's some magic going on, and the bases are really, really good, and you get this. Uh, a vegan version of their kind of signature garlic and herb dip to put your crust in so um i've become a big fan of domino's pizzas
3: well so um, quite, a, quite an unconventional christmas then um with you just eating pizzas and chicken kievs
2: and i kind of was, uh, chicken Kiev. i now weigh 47 stone but apart <laughs> from that
3: yes you can still put on weight if you're vegan uh that is that is a good message to be putting out there <laughs>
2: The other vegan thing, uh, the other key thing that uh, has turned up in the last 48 hours is Morrison's. Okay, we're on to Veganuary now. We've, you know, let's switch the Veganuary thing on. So um, Morrison's have launched this vegan food box, which um, – I think they've kind of developed it just for someone who wants to give v- v- Veganuary a try. So I'm probably still in your thunder here. This is probably point number four was try the Veganuary fi- um, Morrison's Vegan Food Box. But it's really good. For 25 quid, you get your favourite mayonnaise.
1: Um,
2: there's, right. you know, some jackfruit things. There's like a vegan donut kebab thing. There's plant butter. You get some digestives, some vegan cheese, load mm. of snacks. Um, some almond milk, uh, some cereal. It's just really good value for 25 quid. And um, so if you are giving vegany a try, definitely check it out. And Morrisons do have quite a lot of good vegan stuff. They've um, massively expanded the range of stuff they're doing this year. So, okay, Morrisons, uh, that's your plug for, for this year. So, Sarah, tell me, I, you know, if I was a newbie and I was about to to start veganuary um what should I do I believe you've got a few tips
3: well I have got a few tips I mean but the only thing I would say is that who doesn't have a few tips for eating um obviously we are not the only people that are putting tips out there into the world um but what I would say is that the things I've read so far have been from nutritionists telling you to you know make sure that you're getting um all of your nutrients and everything that you need when you switch over to Veganuary, um, and, you know, make sure that you're reading recipe books and doing all that type of stuff. So I try to think of it a little bit differently and think of it like an experience and a way to make the most out of your experience. So if you have to do Veganuary for the first time or even, um, for the second or third or fourth time, um, in which case, why haven't you already converted to veganism? I'm only joking, everyone. um,
2: Not really, but carry
3: on. (laughs) Not really, but I'm going to keep, I'm going to plow on. Um, I think that you should treat it a bit like a holiday. So um, my tips are holiday related, even though sadly none of us have really been on holiday this year, or at least not anywhere um i'm loving
2: the lateral thinking that's going on i
3: know i just i don't know i don't know how this happened but i just kind of landed on this idea that you know if it's experience you better treat it like a holiday so i've kind of come up with these four tips that are all wrapped around the things that you might do on holiday um
2: okay so
3: obviously the first one is explore try different things try different things so i think one of the most amazing things about uh becoming vegan and certainly initially and then also every veganuary is trying all the new stuff that comes out right there's so many things aren't there so um
2: we will be going through that shortly yeah we
3: absolutely will be going through that shortly but also try the like staple things so try the things that all the vegans are, are talking about so you know just a few examples rudy's vegan diner everybody's talking about that rudy's vegan butcher has just um opened over
2: the course of the last few months as well i went there a few times actually over christmas They it's some great the, the vegan bacon's brilliant
3: that's the thing yeah, yeah like vegan bacon and the, the the thing and like also vegan cheese from uh the likes of Lafo foe who we've interviewed before on the podcast just try all of the different kind of substitutes and and just have have a go and dive in and and just explore and try try new things. Don't don't try and cook everything yourself because um you'll end up getting bored and your repertoire will be over in week 1. So just go out there explore, try new things. and um, the second thing that you might want to take on hol- holiday and also into january is to take a friend. Um so doing it by
2: your Hang on a minute. Is this covid friendly?
3: <laughs> no, 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 no. Take a friend like metaphorically, not take a friend by the hand and uh,
2: okay, you know, all right, okay all right, or
3: something. anything else that's not COVID secure but bring it do it with a friend so you know if you're going to go into Veganuary and you're going to do it and you're going to commit to it, it wouldn't it be great to do it with somebody else that was in the same position um so that you can be sharing stuff and sharing ideas and, and just um you know if you've got a moment when you desperately want to eat I don't know some Egg noodles or something, like get or a toasted cheese sandwich, just get your friend to stage an intervention, um, but just stay in touch with them and share things and kind of share in that experience together because it can be difficult at times. And I think, you know, you kind of, the, the first couple of weeks are super easy, but just like dry January, you get towards the end and you're like, oh, you know, I'm running out of ideas now as to how to um, continue on, on this path. Um,
2: the third one is... Ask... Can I just say, like, the other thing it would be to plug is just a few of the Facebook groups. So, yeah. you know, Vegan UK, uh, Vegan London, if you're in London, you know, there are loads of good Facebook groups. And, again, not only the source of great advice, but they will have loads of people... He will, I'm sure, take great delight in keeping you on the vegan wagon.
3: Absolutely. And that leads me into my third tip, Ash, which you have preempted correctly. Um, so thanks for that, which is to ask the locals for recommendations. Okay. So if you go to Tenerife or wherever you might like to go on holiday, Ash, you'd never go to Tenerife. I would, but that's. Have there. Been, but yeah, yeah, go yeah, like what in like 1982? Um, <laughs> and ask the locals for recommendations. So you know, there are so many, as you will know, vegan people out there like us who are willing to give you their recommendations. In fact, not willing, they're delighted um, to give you their recommendations. So as Ashley says, get on the vegan Facebook groups. Um, There's always going to be one in your city or your local area. Um, Call up your vegan mate who's constantly talking about Um, all the weird and wonderful stuff that they're trying, ask them for recommendations, ask them for ideas, and also just ask them to share their kind of go-to recipes with you um, and any other hints and tips and advice in terms of nutrition um, and just making sure that you are getting um, everything that you need. Um, Uh And then the final one um, is kind of like try all the new things, take a friend, ask the locals for recommendations, get excited about it and have a wonderful time. But also don't go too nuts and don't go too hard too soon um and by that i mean what do you
2: mean by that i
3: would say don't go out and eat every single soya based highly processed vegan junk food uh vegan cheese uh all of the kind of stuff that you see on instagram basically um don't eat all of that in the first two weeks because one of the most beneficial things about starting an eat, to eat a plant-based diet is how great you feel and how much better your digestion is and the fact that you've got like less bloating and you've got more energy. If you go out and eat loads of soya for breakfast, lunch and dinner, you will inevitably feel a bit shit. Um, so yeah. so do try that stuff, but also make sure that you are um, making, you know, really, really balanced dishes at home as well. Like uh, vegan curries are an absolute favorite of, of everybody's is so easy to make and so um, nutritious and tastes amazing. So just make sure you've got a little bit of balance there and, and just don't go too mad um, because you could end up feeling worse than you did before, which is obviously not what anybody wants. Um, but I think that those things, if you kind of um, use them as as a little bit of a guide, then you should have 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 fun this Veganuary. Um particularly in light of all of the weird and wonderful things that have launched, which is Quite
2: extensive, um, isn't it, Ash? So, are you going gonna... to. Before we move on to that, can I just plug as well, you know, just in terms of nutrition? And I know you've kind of mentioned it, but I mean, something like Better Use Vegan he- Health Daily Oral Spray is fantastic. So, it basically has um, vitamin B12, iodine, um, you know, just vitamin D3 just like a, things that you know your diet you would get via milk or cheese or even meat um that's actually the, the you know just there in one spray and it it just beats chewing on horrible fake orange tasted um vitamin tablets or whatever so i definitely recommend that
3: yeah yeah absolutely do, do make sure you take a vitamin um even if you are just doing it for for january it is it is super important um and there's loads of advice out there on how to make sure you're getting your um you're getting your macros in and uh, making sure that you're getting enough vitamins so um do check out um, obviously veganuary is a really good place to start um they have curated kind of lots of different content and lots of resources on their website and on their social media so um check it out or if not get in touch with us won't be able to give you any nutrition advice sadly but um we will happily share recommendations <laughs> for what to eat this veganuary so
2: that leads us nicely on to, Ashley, you're, are you to okay. top 10 launches? Got, well, I think it's probably like top 15 or something, but I think we need to make this interactive. So I'm going to ask you to score out of 10 how excited you are by uh, by this pro- the product. Oh. So you can say, I mean, you know, you've never, most of these things you won't have tasted, but I mean, I know there'll be a few on here that are going to get probably at least a one or a two. So, um But let's kick off then. So, right, the first thing is uh, KFC, the vegan burger is back and it's now called the original recipe vegan burger. So, Sarah, how excited are you by the return of the KFC vegan burger?
3: Um, Not that excited, to be honest.
2: Okay, um, (laughs) fair enough. I enjoyed it last time. I will have it again um, probably once. The really weird thing, though, is only available to the end of February. So, I I heard. (laughs) bit crap really it is a but... bit crap
3: isn't it it's like it's like kind of that thing oh we'll, we'll try it again and just see if it works before we kind of put it onto the menu full time um I, d- I don't have an issue with it at all and it's convenient isn't it but it's just not as nice as some of the other vegan chicken burgers that you can get that's that's my only beef with it um excuse the pun
2: okay so number two wagamama they've basically upgraded their uh, vegan menu and they're now offering vegan squid. Is that of interest? It is
3: of interest, yes. I have been um, hotly anticipating um, the launches from Wagamama this year because it is a bit of a favourite of mine. Um, so I would definitely be trying that. I would say a 9 out of 10 for that one.
2: Okay, and, and they're saying that 50% of their main menu will be meat-free by the end of the year, which is pretty good.
3: It is pretty good, isn't it? I mean, it, it, you know, the thing is, it, it is Asian food is really easy to make vegan, isn't it? So, um why, why they? So they
2: should they should be doing it. Yeah, I think so. Okay, one thing that's less easy to make vegan uh, is quiche, because it's all, you know, obviously egg and cheese. But Higgity, who kind of make pies and stuff, um, they've announced the launch of vegan vegan quiche. So it's in uh, spinach and roast tomato flavour, or porcini, mushrooms and spinach flavour. Um, and they got Lisa Snowden, who uh, obviously is a celebrity and influencer, and DJ and I think she does a bit of acting as well. Um to try them out and she was pleasantly surprised. Are you expecting to be pleasantly surprised? You like quiche?
3: I do I do like quiche actually. Um yeah, I mean it's been a it's been a minute since I've had any. I would say that um probably since I was, I don't know, eighteen or something. But I did used to like um a quiche Lorraine. So I appreciate that neither of those options were on your list, but I will be trying it. It sounds sounds pretty pretty
2: good yeah um yeah no i'm quite excited about it. i mean it's kind of one of those things that you you don't wake up every the morning and go i really want to eat quiche but
3: um <laughs> like, maybe not for breakfast, but maybe maybe for lunch you know I, I i'm gonna give it a go that sounds great
2: okay here's one i know you're definitely gonna try heinz uh i launch in vegan salad cream oh, for god's
3: sake i can, I, I have uh, for anybody listening that doesn't know i have a significant issue with mayonnaise and by extension salad cream, um, which is just, uh, it's horrible. And I don't understand why anybody would eat it vegan or otherwise. Um, that's-
2: well, you're obviously massively wrong, and this is ten for me. I'm so excited. I really like salad cream and chips. I used to back in the day salad cream and chips. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. It's because probably I'm a, a, a you know a hundredth Belgian or something. But um <laughs> but also as well, just not to disappoint you, they've got their good mayonnaise as well in uh, in garlic and chili flavour. Oh, okay. So I'm very excited by that. Delightful. I'm sure lots of people will be excited about it. Just just not me. Um, having... Okay, so I've got two that i know you're gonna love uh magnum expanding their range and they're offering vegan sea salt caramel oh that
3: sounds
2: amazing yeah 10 yeah yeah, 10 for me too and then uh iceland uh, they managed to scoop something really really impressive so greg's vegan sausage rolls and greg's vegan steak bakes you can now buy them frozen from Iceland sausage rolls are two pound fifty for a pack of four. The steak bakes two pound fifty for a pack of two. Um, so you don't know, have to go out using cold. It is tremendous, mm, isn't that it? That is
3: genius. Yeah, very well done, Gregs. Oh my gosh, um you can buy them in in, in multi packs. Oh, that's dangerous, isn't it? Oh my god. I know. Are they, and are they as as cheap as they are in the shops as well?
2: Well, the, the sausage rolls are quid in the shop, isn't yeah. it? So basically, if you bought it before quid, so you are saving £1.50. And I guess the key difference is you know it's going to be hot, which yeah. isn't always the case when you go to Gregg's. True. Oh, my gosh. Okay. That's good news. Yeah. Okay, Oaxaca. Oh, no. So they're introducing vegan cheese. So they've partnered with Via Life uh, to offer vegan nachos, black bean and cheese, quesadilla. <laughs> Mushroom enchilada. Can I, can I just comment uh, on how
3: posh the, you said the word nachos?
2: <laughs> you, is you, it said,
3: not- you said not- nachos. Not-
2: nachos. <laughs> do you know, I can never, do you know, it, like, you know, my uh, my daughter was uh, correcting my pronunciation of that earlier. <laughs> so is it, you call it nachos, nachos,
3: nachos?
2: <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's, not, it's nachos. All right. Yeah, anyway. So we're we'll Vegan crisp corn chips with oh. uh, you can put vegan cheese on top of it. So, great. is that
3: exciting? Yeah, very exciting. Yeah.
2: Okay. uh Okay. Bee Leaf. Have you ever heard of them? Bee Leaf. about B E L E A F. No,
3: I don't think
2: so. So they've got some new almond-based yogurts and cultured shots. Um, there's a load of different ones in the line up. There's the big ones and then there's small ones um mash mango and passion fruit and berries and uh obviously got loads of vitamin b6 and live strains of vegan yogurts sounds very healthy mm. does that sound
3: good yeah yeah i'd love to try those yeah that sounds that sounds delicious um I, I actually one of the things that um i miss from before i was vegan is yogurt like really really nice yogurt whether that be kind of greek yogurt or you know just a uh, like one of those kind of weird kids yogurts that you get um but i um so i'm always on the hunt for uh really really nice vegan yogurts and if it's got kind of live bacteria and cultures in it as well then all the better so yeah i'll definitely be trying that
2: okay um we're not far off now um dirty vegan they've developed a restaurant quality kit for the home so 42 quid buys you two beyond meat burgers baker home cookies from vida bakery and mida drinks to uh wash it down with does that sound Mm. good
3: it does sound good and you know what i think that's that's the future isn't it um these like make your own meals at home things have just really exploded haven't they during um covid and one of the ones that i absolutely love is the Deshume one i don't know if you've if you've had any of that. I
2: haven't tried it but I'm already thinking it sounds amazing because oh, they they've up their vegan anti as well. Yeah, they?
3: they have big time and they and they launched just recently at the end of last year they launched um their breakfast naan and it is really really good and it's like they're kind of uh specially designed kind of vegan sausages with like chili jam and some cheese in there and oh, whatnot wow. and it's really nice and you can buy that as a as a kit um so i definitely would recommend that one um but yeah
2: dirty vegan one sounds delicious as well okay uh you've stopped doing the Mark out 10 bar oh you sorry ten. um just giving everything ten. Ten. all right okay a few, a few quick ones to go through there's a company called choc affair who make vegan chocolate um each year they bring out a limited vegan bar veganuary bar um and this year it's dark lemon which sounds amazing dark lemon mm plain
3: chocolate that does sound
2: good they've also got some vegan uh some milk chocolate which again i you know i've not had a a vegan milk chocolate blah that's ever really kind of blown me away so fingers crossed that will happen soon
3: yeah except Um, except um oh my god on bar on bar does one that's like a coconut sugar Delight! Goodness only knows how they make it taste so delicious, but it is incredible. But I suppose that's because it's got coconut in it,
2: isn't it? But um, yes, yeah,
3: okay. that is delicious. But yes, yeah, so I w- would be very up for trying that. Probably a give a, give that an eight or a nine.
2: Okay, so uh, this sounds good, fabulous. Okay, I've got a vegan organic hazelnut and cocoa spread. So um, I've forgotten what what's Nutella. the uh, the milk. It's the Nutella, isn't it? Um, apparently, it's the first hazelnut chocolate spread to use chickpeas as primary ingredient, and each jar contains, on average, 128 chickpeas and eight ha- hazelnuts. So it's actually probably could be quite good for you, unlike Nutella. Mm,
3: that sound, that does sound really good, actually. Yeah, Nutella is. Um, lots of people have tried to make a chocolate spread that works, haven't they? With with kind of more healthy ingredients, and I've had a couple of the ones that are made out of like carob and stuff like that and they're never quite the same so if it genuinely tastes a little bit like Nutella that's pretty exciting for me um I definitely give that a go I'm I'm gonna give that a nine as well I'm terrible at this I'd be the worst strictly judge ever wouldn't I just give everyone nines and tens except for KFC
2: (laughs) so you wouldn't be uh yeah no I've forgotten the fella's name oh no the the Aussie guy oh what's his name Len then the one that gives the,
3: everyone
2: a seven. Yes. No, the Australian guy uh who gives everyone five.
3: Oh, Craig. Yeah. yeah. Craig,
2: yes, Craig. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: He is a okay. bit mean, yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm really um giving away my love of Strictly Now because I know the names of all the judges, so let's let's move on to the next uh fig
2: annual we've one and we, we we've kind of come full circle here, because I was obviously raving about dominoes earlier and uh haven't tried it yet which is quite unbelievable but um they've got a, a new vegan pizza which is called the chick ain't pizza um and basically it's got domino's vegan cheese and delicious plant-based strips crunchy onions which i might pass on green and red peppers um and obviously their classic tomato sauce so i really looking forward to trying that
3: yeah that sounds good um any any vegan offering from Domino's if you're having a if you're having a bad day it's sure to cheer you up isn't it so yeah i'll give that an eight an eight out of ten
2: okay so um i mean there's a load more stuff but maybe you know we'll talk about um some other stuff next week or week after when we do the next podcast but um you know there's just obviously tons of exciting so, stuff and um, we can have some uh, opinions on that thanks so um I hear I though, did see, uh, that
3: I, sorry i have to just mention the one thing i did see which i if if i could i'd give it an 11 out of 10 right so yeah. the excitement levels is that they're launching vegan bounty <laughs> oh yeah a bounty bar like a dark chocolate bounty bar was was my chocolate bar of choice and honestly i have hunted for years (laughs) for the equivalent in uh, that is vegan and there just isn't anything um so that that is my 11 out of 10 i have to say okay so i can't wait and hopefully we'll um we'll talk about it on the next episode but they're mars aren't they so yeah mars launched a a vegan bounty bar so very
2: exciting for me personally okay so before we have the interview with deb Lynn uh, we've got some live tasting to happen now
3: uh we have got some live tasting to happen now um i will in fact have to go and um heat mine up though because it, it requires heating i don't think it would be very nice if it was cold
2: Okay. So, um, just to, you know, before you tuck into it, okay. It's by the, the team that do Soupology, who do some incredible soups. So they've launched, uh, some vegan food pots with the brand range where well, they're calling it foodology. But the big thing is they are claiming they are the first in the UK to contain all of your five a day so all your you know so basically you have one of these at lunchtime and then you can just spend the rest of the day eating chips and jackfruit burgers and chomping on uh, on uh and salted caramel magnums so what could be better <laughs> you've
3: just literally like trampled all over my vegany tips well that last one anyway about everything in yeah. um but uh well that sounds great five one of so they're the first what the first soup brand or the first
2: Well, no, they're pots, but I mean, as you're you're about to discover, uh, but um, but yeah, they're the first uh, brand that say that this pot. I mean, and there are others that have said, "Oh, you know, this is three of your five a day," but they're the first to like, you know, go to five a day.
3: Good. All right. Well, um, I guess then uh, this is a good time for a for an ad break. Except there won't be any ads, and uh, I will be back shortly with my uh, warmed up soup.
2: Okay. So Sarah, you're back from the kitchen now. Uh, what have you got? I
3: am indeed. I'm back from the kitchen, armed with um, one of Foodology's uh, offerings. So they have got a range, um, which includes kind of big uh, soup pots, which are, um, as you say, Ash, five of your five a day, which is pretty impressive. And then they've also got these smaller ones, uh, which are kind of snack pots, Um also very very healthy for you um vegan fat-free and gluten-free um and the one that i've got in front of me steaming away is uh the yunnan noodles with kimchi um and i'm just looking at it and in terms of the ingredients they're really i mean there's nothing bad for you in there it's all healthy um plant-based um also you know particularly for soups and things like that you're always looking at the salt content um and the sugar content and actually that's um pretty pretty good as well um it's only 115 calories uh, which is a bit bad so that is definitely a snack rather than a, a meal but actually it, it, it looks quite kind of filling and satisfying and um, it is very very warm so i am giving it a good stir before i put it in my mouth um
2: so it would be quite good fun on this podcast if you, you know, obviously screamed in terror when burnt your tongue or something. But...
3: <laughs> what? Why? Why would that be fun? That's Surely, surely, surely as my co-host, you would like me to, you know, remain in one piece. And uh...
2: Well, either that or you, yeah. Anyway, go on, give it a go. Tell us what it's like. All right,
3: I'm going to give it a go. In the meantime, do you want to?
2: You might have to do exaggerated slurps or whatever oh my as well. God,
3: honestly, it's got—it's actually got like pieces of noodle in it as well. It's quite kind of thick. Um, whilst I try it, in, in case it is really hot, would you like to tell us more about the range? They
2: have got five flavors, including bountiful burrito bowl, supercharged chili verde. Um, they are all vegan and under three hundred calories. So this—this this is the big ones, I guess. I—you know—I'm uh, not sure about the small ones. Um, i'm assuming now that you've uh, you've tasted it so what's the verdict then? i have i'm
3: sorry i'm quite busy now
2: because i've just had three spoonfuls of it um
3: it's really tasty really tasty and and actually when i looked at it i thought god that sounds like a, a bit of a strange thing for a soup kind of noodles with kimchi and all sorts of other things it's got carrots in it and whatnot. but actually it's really tasty um and the consistency is good and it's also really thick. So it doesn't feel like one of those thin kind of calorie controlled soups. Um, it is really, really nice. I'm, you know, in fact, I'm going to have another spoonful cause I'm quite hungry and it's nearly dinner time. So.
2: Um, okay. Well, you know, maybe you can try one of the other ones and um, we can talk about it next time on the podcast. Absolutely. I will, uh, the only, your list of things that we've, uh, you've eaten. Yeah. And I
3: can tell you how wonderful I feel having eaten my five, of my five a day in one meal. um,
2: before you hit the vegan magnums yeah (laughs) Yeah,
3: exactly um so that was yeah delicious thanks foodology um very uh very very good taste test next up we have our wonderful interview um to to share with you all ash do you want to tell us a little bit more about who we chatted to this week um and then we can go straight into
2: it so yeah, really, really excited to have an interview or to chat to uh, a woman called Deb Olin Unferth, who has written, I think, two or three novels. I think this may be a third. Um, she's the book is called Barn Eight, and it came out in the middle of last year, right in the middle of lockdown, really. So you know, I don't think it got quite got the big push that it deserved to get. But it seems to be a lot of people are kind of discovering it. And there was another vegan novel that came out last year that kind of tackled uh vegan type issues which was a kind of a lot darker um which is called tender is the flesh but, yes, um, barnet, mm. you've read that haven't you yeah um which i mean it's well it's 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 an interesting read um but um it's scary as anything really i guess but barnet you've got to tell people what
3: it's about before you launch into what barnet uh what barnet is about and obviously
2: well, tender, tender is effect basically is what happens is some point in the future. I mean, bear in mind this was written pre COVID. Um, there's some disease that, that, that basically means that all animals, um, if a human eats them, then they basically get a COVID style thing and they die. So, um, because people have this lust for meat, what they do is actually. Develop this subspecies of humans, um, and everybody becomes cannibals. And it's a story about somebody who works in kind of one of these kind of human farms. I mean, it's <laughs> it's unrelentingly grim.
3: It's bleak, isn't um, it? It's really bleak. I and mean, even the premise—I mean, the premise sounds, you know, bleak. But honestly, once you've kind of gotten into it, and they don't—they don't waste any time, do they? They get right down to business in the first chapter. Um, so. Give it give it a go, I would recommend it to to anybody, but it is as you say a bit sort
2: of dystopian and uh
3: <laughs> very very strange but i but barney is not,
2: not like being that. Dystopian. yeah well barney is i mean again it's like quite a controversial subject, so it's about a group of disaffected kind of a um People who look after chickens or administrators, really, who, who go to check on chicken farms, just to make sure that um, you know the, the chickens are okay and they're being treated carefully, and they, they kind of go a bit rogue, and they have this massive plan that one day that they're going to release and save a million chickens. Um, so it's all about, you know, I guess the story of two or three individuals in the book and kind of how they kind of ended up plotting this and how they go about it, and then obviously you've got the what actually happens on the night and. Barney. and there's also a chicken there you know also there's a chicken called um uh Buon Buon, who basically is kind of a talking chicken who will give you some interesting facts about the you know what chickens really think about all kinds of things um but it's just uh, like a really entertaining interesting book and the woman who wrote it, Deb Olin-Unferth, is a really interesting person. And as I say, we're really pleased to have a conversation with her now. Hi, Deb. How are you doing?
0: Hi, it's so great to be here.
2: Brilliant. It's so glad to have you on. So um, so for people who know nothing about it, tell us a little bit of, of book about your book, Barn Eight. I mean, it's been described a couple of times, actually, I've read a couple of times, as uh, the world's first story about chicken heists.
0: Yeah, so it's about um, two auditors for the U.S. egg industry who go rogue and decide to empty an entire farm's worth of chickens, and that's about a million birds. And so they assemble a crew of people, of undercover investigators and animal rights advocates of various kinds, and they descend on a farm in the middle of the night in an attempt to take all of those chickens and um, find some way to free them.
2: Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't want to give too much of the plot away, but, I mean, there's also – I mean – you, the novel goes off on, on kind of uh, interesting, I guess, plotline developments. So, for example, there's a, uh, the voice of a chicken in the book as well, isn't there?
0: Yeah, there is. Yeah. Bloch is the name. Um, uh, there's the name of the chicken. And, yeah, I decided to include the voice of a chicken because I wanted, um, you know, I wanted to be able to show – just what chickens, what kind of like, what sort of personality they have, what, you know, what sort of will they might have. Um, I didn't want to personify the chicken. Like I didn't want to anthropomorphize. And so there are very few moments of block. Um, Mm. But the ones that I do have in there are pretty accurate, um, according to my research of, you know, how a chicken might behave
2: so I mean you know is 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 there anything remotely autobiographical in the book I mean you know are you an animal rights activist have you um ever you know gone in the middle of the night and stolen a load of chickens
0: <laughs> okay the second thing I have not done um I I'm a vegan I've been a vegan for let me see 12 years now 13 years and um and you know i guess that this book is a form of of activism um i have been i've done an an enormous amount of research on the egg industry for this book um and um i'm very interested in animal rights and so but i mean i'm not i'm not like out there in the middle of the night um (laughs) you know stealing chickens
2: rounding up chickens so um I guess. So, you know, I mean, we we had a brief conversation earlier and you, it told, you told me it took you quite a long time to write the book. And there's obviously an awful lot of research has gone into it. Um, so when you were doing that research, I mean, w- w- was there things that surprised you about, you know, the egg industry or was it kind of what you expected?
0: I mean, the whole thing surprised me when I first came up with the idea for writing the book, and I was writing um, little passages um, for it. I was writing barns and farms that were about twenty thousand hens, and it was, you know, to my shock and horror, um, their barns were were one hundred and fifty thousand hens. Large. And so that was kind of the first thing. And then um, just every, like the amount of excrement that's involved as I well, researched, yeah. like that was completely shocking to me. Or just the number of hens. That the United States goes through and that the world goes through um, each year is just that just the amount was just shocking how um, and how many more eggs we use today than we did, say, 100 years ago. The change, the way that farms have changed in the last 100 years was completely shocking to me. I I mean, and I already I went into this thinking that I knew quite a bit, but I did not. Mm -hmm. And then. Getting to know the activists, you know, I spent a lot of time interviewing undercover investigators. I mean, I literally spent years researching this book. And so as I got to know the undercover investigators, um I had initially thought to myself this this project of mine, this idea that these these auditors have is complete fantasy. No one could ever do anything like this. But when I got to know the activists, I realized, you know, these people are so determined and so just like badass that if they wanted to do this, they would, and they could. Mm. Um, so that was a surprise. Even the farmers were a surprise, honestly. I was going to
2: ask you about that, because, I mean, yeah, you when you were researching, you did actually spend a fair amount of time with chicken farmers. But, I mean, how honest were, with you, were you with them about, about what you were doing and the kind of book you were writing? And what was their response as well?
0: So yeah, not at first they were not honest. Um, I was not honest. I um, I did a lot of work trying to get them to talk to me and I couldn't even get any, I couldn't even get the email addresses or phone numbers or names of, of any of them. And um, finally I found out about an egg conference that was for the industry and the um, you know the United the United States egg industry, and so I signed up as food service. So okay. I went to the conference as food service, and um, I think most of the people who went were pretty bored. Um, and I sat in the front row and like asked questions. It was on. It went on for days, and I had my hand raised all the time and asked mm. if I could record the sessions, you know, and then um, asked the farmers if they wanted to have a whiskey you know after afterwards in the hotel I mean and uh it was it was pretty so you fun you got them
2: drunk and they spilled you all their secrets
0: they didn't get drunk but we did <laughs> become very friendly and um and then and then I got um, and then after that, I went to Harper's Magazine and asked them if I could write an article on the egg industry, sort of like, mm-hmm. like a like a like an expose. And they said yes. And so then I called all those farmers who I had made friends with, and they had all said, "Oh, come visit our farm anytime you want to come visit our farm." And um, so I called and said, "Okay, I'm I'm ready to visit your farm. Um, I'm coming as a, as a journalist, though. I hope that's okay." And then that then everything changed. They weren't not my friends anymore. But
2: <laughs> okay, so it was you know the since it's the uh, the article got published, then that relationship has totally changed. Yeah,
0: yeah, but they they at least one had to let me come because it would have been really bad, you know. So they so they did wind up letting me come to the farm and, mm. and seeing everything. And and what surprised me about the farmers was how. You know, I had expected to hate the farmers, to just think that, you mm-hmm. know, farmers are are evil and like that they must just hate chickens, you know, after all they put chickens through. But honestly, you know, I don't think the farmers are that much happier about the way things have turned out um, than mm-hmm. than than we are. Um, you know, they're they've they've had farms chicken farms in their families for generations there they had um you know farms of only 100 hens or 200 hens and now you know every the business is so cutthroat and so mechanical that you know this is what we've come to
2: this i don't know I, i'm assuming you don't for, particularly follow eu agricultural policy but there was a big debate recently about whether they were going to rename um veggie burgers veggie discs over here unfortunately got thrown out of the European Parliament but one of the things that I guess some of the more progressive politicians were saying was that they wanted farmers who were traditional poultry or, or dairy farmers to start looking at other things do you get that sense that some of those chicken farmers might at some point begin to think well actually I could move on to do a, you know, maybe more kind of arable type, you know, kind of vegetable plant type farming. Or is that too much of me being very naive
1: here?
0: <laughs> That's hilarious about um, veggie discs. Um, here, in the, here in the United States, um, the big thing is that the dairy farmers are trying to um, make it uh, illegal to say things like macadamia milk or almond milk and call it like mm. some, some other word. Um, and I think it's the dairy farmers here who are, um, making changes and leaving the business. I have never, I haven't really heard of the egg industry or the chicken industry. Um, I, I think it's, I think that they, they're still, they're just, there aren't the same kinds of vegan substitutes for like um you know sunny side up eggs and stuff like that mm-hmm. um or you know i think a lot of people are suspicious of um you know vegan chicken you know like fake chicken um mm-hmm. and so so i but i when think when
2: you say people are suspicious do you mean generally people or, or vegans oh no
0: about? gen generally generally okay. people. i i think that i think there's a lot of people who you know, I I mean, I live in Texas, you know, like here in Texas, I don't think a lot of people are going to be, um, eating, you know, meat substitute. There just aren't a lot of people. I, in fact, my husband and I are vegan, but we don't, we know maybe one or two other vegans in Texas. So.
2: Okay. That's a bit scary, but, um, but, um, one thing I was going to ask you about as well, do you know a book called Chickens Lib by Claire Druce? Was this a book that inspired you?
0: I love that book so, so much. I read that book while I was researching, um, for, for this book. And, um, it just brought me so much joy. I read every page so carefully. I highlighted like every other sentence. I thought it was so beautiful. There's another book, um, by, um, Annie Potts. It's just called Chicken. And it's, okay. I don't know if you know that one. Um, i don't know it's also so beautiful just about just like just like respecting chickens as like persons you know like just Mm -hmm. not 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 defining them as 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 objects of husbandry and thinking you know like there are no there's no thought about like you know, welfare of chickens, you know, it's just like chickens are persons and, you know, they just deserve our respect. And, you know, like they, in some ways they have nothing to do with us, you know, like we didn't make them, they're not ours. And those are like two books that I found that respected chickens in that way. And most books about chickens, it was just, they're all couched in terms of Husbandry and how really they're ours, and we should be nice to them. You know, which is which is something that just makes me sick, frankly.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then you know, more generally, you know, what authors do you, do you, do you read? I mean, who inspires you from a kind of you know as a novelist?
0: Well, I think for this book, um, there were a couple of books that really inspired me. One is called The Known World by Edward P. Jones. Um, which is um, about um, it takes place during slavery um, here in the United States in the South and um, in it it's just a group of people who are like slowly finding their way to freedom in various ways Um, so that was one book that really inspired me Um, I'd say Kafka inspires me a lot Um, Uh
2: I can see that yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) As another example, um, let me see what would be other books that inspired this book in particular. Um, there's a, there's, there's a great book um, by Juan Pablo Villalobos, who's actually published by the same publisher who put out the UK version. It's called down the rabbit hole. Um, okay. It's also a really amazing book about, um, about, a, a, about a, a kid who's, on the border of
2: Mexico, mm-hmm. so that's three. um I, I think it's a, a you know as something you probably you know I'd, I'd be interested to see what you say actually. So, do you consider yourself a vegan writer, or are you a writer that is a vegan? Because I mean, in a way, you probably like tender is the flesh. well tender is the flesh is a very strong message in terms of encouraging people to give up meat because it says it basically dehumanize them um barnet there's still a lot of kind of evangelizing going on there but it's a bit more subtle so you know do you know when you, you know i said there's two questions so you know do you think you're a vegan writer or writer who's a vegan and then secondly was part of the inspiration to write your book you know and the, and the evangelical thing in terms of the fact that you wanted people to basically stop uh stop eating eggs and stop eating chicken
0: I mean, I think that what I really wanted to do was for people to read this book, people who are not vegan, to read this book and slowly, sneakily realize that they actually cared about chickens and were thinking about them in a way that they'd never thought about them before, that they were like imagining them as persons with a will and imagining them with a history and with a future And that, and to just kind of realize that we don't have the right to them, like that humans don't own chickens and that humans own no creatures. And, Mm -hmm. um, so that was my initial, um, that was sort of my initial uh, desire. Um, and then from there to maybe get people to question, um, So if we don't own them, then what right do we have to use them? Um, and you know, and then like, maybe consider veganism a little bit, but I, I am, I mean, I, I'm, I feel like in some ways I've led a double life. Like veganism has been so important to me these last, you know, over a decade, last 13 years. And, Mm -hmm. um, it it's just it's my like spiritual worldview that I carry with me everywhere that helps me think about um, how that makes me makes me feel connected to the world. It, it makes me feel like um, the world is so much bigger than myself, um, and it keeps me. From, um, it keeps like a, like a, like a non selfish gene in me at all times, you know? It just like Mm -hmm. steadies that rudder at all times. Um, at the same time, you know, I mean, I've published five other books and none of them are, uh, like vegan focused, really. Um, although a lot of them have animals in them. Um, so yeah so so we'll just see what happens going forward this was this was an experiment it was really hard and actually I mean it's it's turned out well I mean I've had a lot of people writing to me um about you know about their experience reading it you know people who aren't vegan so we'll see
2: mm-hmm. um and then I just wondered did you have an opinion on you know the the question I sort of asked at the beginning you know what why do you think that vegans have a very low profile in, in the arts generally in literature and films and in TV. Um, you know, what, what, you know, what do you think there's a reason for that? Or is it just people don't want to do, do, do you know, do, do, just don't particularly want to, um, you know, maybe they feel that, that it it's too stereotypical to have a character like in that. What, what, do you have an opinion on that?
0: I mean, people think that vegans are crazy. They think that they're extreme. And um, I, I find it so mystifying because it is true that when I became a vegan, it was hard. Like the first six months to a year, it was pretty hard for me to even figure out how to eat. But once I got mm. through that It's, it is so easy now that in some ways I never even think about it anymore. It's like, I just like, I see non-vegan food and it doesn't even look like food to me. It just, you -hmm. know, so, so I find it, it mystifying, but I do think, you know, people around, I mean, I'm around non-vegans all the time and Mm -hmm. they just think that I'm, they think I'm crazy. Like they think it's really, really weird. And, and it just, I mean, I, it's, it's nice being on a vegan podcast because, um, you know, I could just say outright that, um, it's, you know, I just feel like it's a moral, it's a moral baseline that, you know, like the most basic thing is don't mm-hmm. eat animals. Like don't use animals seems so basic to me. Like they're not ours. And, mm. um, But yeah, I I think that that's why when you see a vegan in culture and I do see a lot of vegans in culture, like represented in culture, and they're always like wearing funny sandals and like their hair is like really, Mm -hmm. really long. And they like just they're they there's all kinds of annoying things about them. Like they're never a serious character. Um, Mm. And yeah, I find that. I find that distressing, but I don't know, like the world is changing. There's more and more vegans all the time. And so hopefully, hopefully that's going to change.
2: Yeah. I think it, you know, it it probably is. I mean, I think that, so, you know, I, I'm in, in Hackney in London, which, you know, obviously there is, I guess one of the, for one of the word vegan capital of the world, you know, and you know, it's perfectly normal and you know, to go to any pub in London they now have vegan food. Um so things have changed. So hopefully that will change. Um one final question. So uh we're talking a couple of days after um the the results of the US presidential election, which uh, you know obviously Joe Biden won. Spoiler, you know, um (laughs) hurrah, thank God for that. (laughs) But um but yes do you, um, again, you know, obviously great relief of getting rid of Trump and from a British perspective, there was a lot of talk about um, trade deals with America where Trump was going to insist on basically giving us chlorinated chicken, like that's <laughs> any much worse than eating non-chlorinated chicken really, I, you know, who knows. But um, do you, is there anything in there um you know, is there anything in the Biden administration that you think will improve the lives of animals or just will, you know, be positive in that way?
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, it can't be worse than Trump, right? Like, it it would be impossible to be worse than Trump. But um, I, I guess I guess I don't really. I mean, I don't think even that the environment is a huge priority of Joe Biden. I think that jobs are and hopefully like clean energy. And I think there will be some, there will be pieces of it that will be at least eco-friendly, but um, no, I don't have, I don't have a huge amount of hope. I mean, I really feel like what's really gonna, what's really going to change things is individuals changing. I mean, Mm -hmm. a whole, a whole culture decided to stop smoking, like a whole culture you know, decided in just a few years to that, like gay marriage was okay, you know, um, just mm-hmm. on its own, you know? So I feel like it could happen. It could be that like people just start realizing, Hey, this is wrong. Look at all these great ops. Look at all the different kinds of milk there are. Like we don't even need to drink, you know, uh, cow's milk, um, and so on. And that, you know, and so, that's what I think is really going to make the difference. I, I wish I wish that I didn't think that. What do you think?
2: Well, you know, I, my great belief is that um, people change the world first, then probably second technology, then third companies, and then lastly governments. So, you know, I mean, you you know, you can see people's individual um, individual actions. I mean, it, it brings it actually full circle back to your book, actually. You know, if you think about it, you know, the the actions of these activists to, uh, you know, save a million chickens, I mean, you know, they're not going to, you know, stop the industry forever. But, you know, it's one of those things that then obviously is then a big talking point that people will think about it. And it's just, a you know, an action on its own. And I mean, I think that, you know maybe we do need more of those things i think that there's that but i mean i think um you, you know you've got to you've got to be optimistic about these things and i think that certainly the way the world seems to be going is in that direction and hopefully as more people talk about um climate change as well you know p- more people make the link between climate change and and eating meat and dairy products um and then we'll start continuing to give it up so that's that's what i hope anyway
0: (laughs) me too i hope that too
2: so what's next for you then have you are you already i guess you're probably already working on another novel
0: i am i am working on um another novel i'm working on um it's a novel it's like kind of sci-fi it takes place mostly on mars where um it does have animals in it it's um
2: I can say any chickens.
0: No, no well, there might be some chickens in there, but it's um it's it's these these people who have a settlement on Mars have come back to Earth to try to find um one of these DNA arcs, you know, that contain um the DNA of, of animals, um mm-hmm. you know, in hopes of of kind of recreating that um on Mars and I mean, I have done quite a bit of research on this. I I think that, you know, we don't, that this would be a terrible thing to do. Um, And so there are various like groups that are in the book. There are various groups that are kind of discussing whether or not this is a good idea um, and the different kind of quandaries around it. So that's, um, that's one thing that I'm working on. And then the other thing I'm working on is, um, i i also here in texas i teach in a maximum security prison in south texas and uh they they write stories and so i'm trying to maybe collect some of their brilliant pieces and put them together into wow. a book yeah they're they're amazing
2: wow well deb thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate it and the book's called barney um It's available in all your best independent bookshops and in the UK. If you're going to buy online, please buy it from hive.co.uk because that enables you to then support an independent bookshop as well. But thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much. This was delightful. Okay, so um, Sarah was going to do the outro, but I think she's been distracted by her soup. I was filling my soup, yeah. So... Thank you so much for listening. Uh, really appreciate it. Thanks very much to Deb Olin Unfirst for taking up the time to interview us. Uh, we are vegan curious. Uh, we're hoping to do three, possibly four episodes in veganuary. Uh, we've got some fantastic guests coming, and we'll explain a bit more about that maybe next next week. But um, if you like us, brilliant rate us. Um, and you can find us as you yeah, obviously on uh apple on spotify and all kinds of other places but thanks ever so much for listening and list and we'll speak to you again soon
1: thanks everyone bye
2: save the
1: planet and make it heal you can help by eating a vegan meal come join us if you're vegan Nothing tastes as good as being vegan feels Come join us if you're vegan curious And don't feel sad, don't feel blue So it ain't so bad, I swear it's true Just use the right condiments and you'll even like tofu Just be vegan curious. Life is good, life is sweet. When on your plate there is no meat, come join us if you're vegan curious. Come join us if you're vegan curious.